0: Thank you for firing up the Sunrise Church Podcast. My name is Steve Garcia, and I am the lead pastor at Sunrise. We are a community of Jesus followers from all walks of life, all colors of skin, and all ages. And I hope this message you hear today inspires you to deepen your connection with Christ. Let's dive in.
1: I know when Pastor Anthony during an announcement said Pastor David Gaunt's gonna be preaching, some of your mind said, Who that? Well, I'm that, okay? So I'm the care pastor here. Some of you look at me and say, aren't you in Ontario? I understand that because I was there for 25 years, starting uh, September of 96. And uh, then we became a Sunrise Campus about 16 years ago. But the last two years, I've had the privilege of being the care pastor. Now, some of you have a better association uh, with me than that, and that you know my wife Deb, who is definitely the better half, and she is our next-gen director, so we have the privilege of uh, working together, I have the privilege of working together, she has the curse of seeing me all the time, so i um, so glad that you're here, I'm wondering um, what kind of year we had, do you know it's the last day of 1993, it's the last day, I'm aging myself, it's the last day of 2023, okay, I'm gonna get the year right at some point. Uh, It's the last day. I might as well get it right now. So I'm curious, how many of you thought globally, internationally, nationally, even in your community that 2023 had more peace than the years before? More peace, more, no peace. Okay. Well, I think we're on the same page with that. Okay. Well, what about, what about um, this coming year? What's your expectation for 2024? You think more peace? We're going to have more peace? Some of you are raising your hands. Very good. Remember, it's an election year. I just want to remind you of that. So, um, okay. So, some a couple optimistic. Most of us not. Well, what about your own private world? What about work? What about your family, your home? What about your school? What about those places? Did you experience more peace in 2023 in those places? Well, a couple hands and a couple claps. Okay. All right. Um, well, what about... Inside you. What about right here? Right here. Did, did you in, inside yourself have more peace? You know, you can have it. Some of you raising your hand. Very good. We can have that through the Prince of Peace. And we're going to get to him right now. So if you have your Bibles, let's pick up where we left off, as we've been talking all month about beholding the light. Let's look at that true light that came into the world there in John chapter one. If you have your device or Bible, open to John chapter one, and uh, we are going to be jumping into deeper into John eventually, a little bit into all the way down to John chapter twelve and thirteen through uh, sixteen. So yes, we're going to be here. Uh, we're going to bring in the new year uh, tonight. Midnight will be still be pre no, I'm not gonna be that long, but anyway. So, um, so, but as you turn there, um, I don't know about you, but I need some more prayer. So, let's go to God one more time and ask Him to speak to us right now, Heavenly Father. We thank you for the privilege of being here. We thank you for the people who have worked hard that we don't even know worked hard, like the people behind the scenes with the sound and the lights and the tech and online. Lord, we thank you for the instrumentalists, the people who greeted, the people who set things out, Lord, who tirelessly serve you even on the last day of the year. Lord, we thank you for um, the way you use each person uh, to accomplish a purpose and help us to find uh, that peace that's sometimes so elusive. And we pray your protection upon everyone from any mistakes I might make as a man. We really want your word today and we pray your Holy Spirit would be unleashed in us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, we were talking about the light. In John 1, John chapter 1, the Gospel of John, verse 9 through 13, and we're gonna just look at verse 9 through 11 real quick. It says, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. This is the Christmas story I feel like from heaven's view, okay? And it goes on to say, he was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not, what, recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. What that's telling us is the reason we don't have peace is because not only back in Genesis did the first two humans, the first two creatures made in God's image who perfectly represent us, because we all would have blown it, just like they did, they, they severed the peace with God. And, and that's why we have trouble all over the place and problems and pain and death and disease and war. But then we're told here in John 1, God gave us another chance and he became a man and he came and how'd the world do with receiving him? Not so good for the most part. It rejected him. Not only did the, the humanity as a whole reject him, but his own people, the people God poured into throughout the Old Testament, that chosen people the descendants of Abraham. The guys that should have known best actually led the charge to his crucifixion. But praise God, it doesn't stop there. Notice what it says in John 1, verse 13. Yet, (laughs) yet, to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. God wanted everyone to come to him and he deserved it. But you know what? He'll take who comes. And the ones who come have that personal relationship. Now we're gonna jump all the way down to John 12. If you have your device or Bible, go to John 12, 35 and 37. Through all those chapters, those next 11 chapters of John, Jesus is trying to get his word out. John highlights seven miracles that he does to prove that he is the light of the world. He even says, I'm the light of the world. But for the most part, they don't, Receive him. So at the end of John 12, Jesus is saying, Okay, public ministry is winding down. Notice what Jesus says in John chapter 12, verse 35. Then Jesus told them, You're going to have the light just a little longer. He's talking about himself. He says, Walk while you have the light before darkness overtakes you. Whoever walks in the dark does not know where they're going. He says, I'm here to guide you in that right relationship with God. Last call for that time of his ministry. And uh, he goes on to say in that passage there, believe in the light while you have the light. Even after Jesus had performed so many signs, verse 37, in the presence, in their presence, they still would not what? Believe in him. They had the son of God doing all kinds of miracles and the most part, they said, nah, you're not for us. So what does Jesus do? Just like we're told there, in John chapter One, he now turns to those who did receive him, and, and if you 're not familiar with John chapter thirteen through seventeen, um, I encourage you to sort of make that on your to do list this year. Get to know that passage it 's the best meeting Jesus has ever had with his followers. In fact, the disciples at the end of that night said, "Hey, now, this was a good meeting. We understand now we really believe and he says, well it 's going to get sort of crazy in a minute, but john thirteen one notice what it says john thirteen one it says It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Keep that up there real quick. I just wanna say something. It says in in John 1, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and, and the Word was God and he came to earth. Jesus knew all that. He knows he's the Word. It doesn't surprise him and he's getting ready to go back to heaven and get all the perks that come with being God, all the glory, all the service by the angels all the worship and praise, all that was due him that whole time while he was on the planet, he's going back. But he's also going to, before he gets back, take all our sin upon himself and give us credit for his sin for all who would believe. And it says, that was winding down. Now notice what it says. Having loved his own who were in the world, he what? He loved them to the end. See, the world didn't receive Jesus, but those who did, who became his own, He loved on him to the end. And those are the ones today that can enjoy his peace, no matter what your circumstance. Notice what it goes on to say, how he loved them. It says, all was given to him. It says in John 13, two through five, the evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Iscariot, to betray him. Judas is at the table. He'd already, he probably had the money on him, the 30 pieces of silver. And he already was looking for the opportunity to go ahead and hand Jesus over for crucifixion. And Jesus is loving on him too. And it says, Jesus knew that the father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. Can you imagine for a minute that you had, let's say God was gonna give you, you know, for an hour, all the perks of being God, all the power, all the glory. I doubt you would do what Jesus does next. And Jesus had this epiphany in his humanity, totally knew he's the boss and look what he does next in verse four. It says, so he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist and he smacked Judas to death with the towel. Is that what it says? (laughs) That's what maybe some of us might've done. No. It says, after he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. You see, that's the kind of relationship Jesus has with his own personal. if you want to experience the peace of God, it's more than just checking a box saying, I believe. That's the beginning of a relationship, but you got to invest in the relationship. And what Jesus would go on to do, and at some point Judas would leave the room and go off to do what he was gonna do, he would give us a talk that we can benefit from today and gain some principles on how to be his own and enjoy peace. But first of all, I just wanna repeat it. In order to find peace, you must get personal with Jesus. It's not about what your family believes. It's not about what you, know, um, you used to believe. It's not what you were raised to believe. Is what do you own now? And do you personally own a relationship with Jesus? Are you one of his own? You know, every Sunday for the last few years, at this time and during the service before, you're given an opportunity to become his own. Pastor Steve, Pastor Anthony, Pastor Don, whoever's up here has led in a prayer to receive Christ, and today's not gonna be an exception. And we tell you to text next to 909-281-7797 and show us that you received. In fact, Pastor Anthony already talked about during the announcements. Why? Because that's the beginning. For you to enjoy all the stuff we're gonna be talking about, you gotta have that beginning. You gotta be his own. Are you in the upper room? Are you one who can apply the message or are you just looking for a way out? That's the first question. Because if you're in the upper room, notice some of these three principles that'll help us find peace no matter what this next year has in store. Jesus tells his own, number one, towards having peace, expect trouble. Say what? Yeah, expect trouble. Pastor, we came to be encouraged. Yeah, and I'm here to encourage it. Notice what Jesus says in John 16, He says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have Peace, in this world, you will have what? Trouble or tribulation, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Jesus has overcome the world every ways and sideways. You know how Jesus overcame the world up to that point? He lived over 33 years likely, and guess what? How many sins he'd committed? Zero. How, How many days or years were you told as a kid that you lived until your first sin? Did anyone tell you? Your parents have pictures. You were perfect and then you got to fifth grade. Does anyone have that experience? What about, well, you were pretty good until you started to walk and then your, your language got a little off, okay, you were two. How many think you were sinless till you're two? No one. Good, at least we're honest in the room, right? We're talking hours into the existence and we probably were very selfish. We didn't say, hey, mom, if it's okay with you, we'd, we'd really like to nurse right now. I mean, We didn't do that. Babies coming into this world, wanting what they want and getting it. They're very effective communicators and they don't talk. That was us. We came into this world broken. And God says, guess what? You can have peace through my son, Jesus. But if you're gonna be a follower of Jesus, it's not gonna always be roses and picket fences. It's not always gonna be your feet up with the fan and and bonbons. I don't even know what that is. I think it's a type of chocolate. But anyway... It's going to be tough. So, well, pastor, when I was here some years ago and prayed to receive Christ, you said my life would get better and I'd have purpose and eternal life and love and forgiveness and joy and hope. All it's true, but also trouble. (laughs) Jesus said it. You know, this is not to be restricted to just, well, I know some people get trouble, they're persecuted. We need to pray for our brothers and sisters in Western Africa, especially just last Christmas. Uh, a conservative number, 100 people, Christians, died on Christmas Day at the hands of people who were just looking to murder Christians. It's happening all the time because of their association with Jesus. But the trouble we can expect is, is just any kind of distress of any kind. Some of you had trouble already. Sundays are tough to get to church, aren't they? Some of you had to do that drastic, where's my keys prayer to God? Some of us pray it at the same time we're accusing. Lord, where are my prayers? I know you took them. Yeah, I mean, we sort of, some of you got stressed on the way here because you didn't get your coffee the way you wanted or they ran out of the donuts in the cafe and you're a little upset at whoever got your donut. You know what trouble and tribulation, what that word comes from? We get it from a Latin word, which comes from the instrument flail. F-L-A-I-L. I always think of flail when someone's trying to swim and they can't and they're flailing around. That's a little part of it. But flail is also a noun. It's a tool they used in the ancient world and in some places even today to separate the grain from the chaff. They're harvesting wheat. They're harvesting barley, whatever kind of grain. And if you get wheat or barley from scratch, you don't just grind it all up and make flour from all of it. There's only a little piece that's good. And so that flail, what that trouble does is it comes down on it and they would hit it with, they'd have like two sticks and a rope or maybe a chain in between, and it would separate the chaff from the wheat, the chaff from the real good stuff that you can eat. And a lot of our trouble, that's what God is doing in our lives. And Jesus says, expect it, expect it. You say, well, yeah, I I know if, if you're not mature in your faith, you're gonna have trouble. But I'm walking with the Lord. I know God's word. I'm applying it. I'm, I'm giving. I'm tithing. I expect a little break from God. Notice what Jesus said to the especially faithful in John 15:18 and 20. He says, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. <laughs> Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they'll persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they'll also obey yours. Sometimes, quite frankly, at my age, I wonder, why haven't I been persecuted more? I've lived in a pretty convenient, comfortable time. And praise God for the men and women who have sacrificed so much for our freedom and those who have governed, but we should expect trouble with a capital T. The more you live like Jesus, the more you might lose and be persecuted and have loss and pain. So, are you feeling peace yet? Expect trouble? (laughs) Why are you saying this? Well, in John 16, 1, Jesus explained, says, all this I have told you so that you will not fall away. You know, some parents, the philosophy is we, got, we just got to get the kid to the dentist. If we tell the truth, they'll never go. So it's a beautiful place. They've got the dentist has this sort of spaceship type of um, seat. And depending on how nice your dentist is, there's a, there's a, a TV on the ceiling and you can watch whatever you know, Disney thing you want to watch. And at the end, you get a prize and all this stuff. And then the drilling starts and the blood flows, right? And then you find yourself holding them down. Jesus, he doesn't pull punches. He says, expect trouble. And I'm telling you this, so when it hits, you won't be shocked and lose faith. If you expect trouble, then here's what you might do with that trouble this year. Prepare for problems. Now, I've got the expect trouble part on the screen, but I've given you some bonus material, so you might have to write that down. Prepare for problems. I wonder how many people in this room today are driving cars and there's no spare tire or jack in the back. Have you ever been on that trip? Tire goes flat, you get out, the person, the driver, and it says, okay, where's your spare? I'll help you change it. That is the spare. Mm -hmm, This is a problem. What was the plan? Well, the plan was not to have another flat tire. Well, do you notice that tire doesn't look like the rest? That wasn't meant for a long time. Well, it's got me through the last two years. Okay, there's a problem, right? We need to plan for problems. On your phone, in your contacts, who is your phone or friend when it comes to a crisis of faith? Who's the Christian that's a little more mature, who you can trust, who you call when temptation hits in the middle of the night? Say, oh, my phone didn't come with that. Well, you gotta add that you got to find someone. Maybe that's your first to-do for the years. Find your phone a friend for when trouble comes, which you should expect. What should we expect for 2024, according to Jesus? Trouble. What should you expect in your family? Trouble. What should you expect at work? Trouble. What should you expect at school? Trouble. What should would expect at the church? Tr- trouble. Jesus promised. But we need to prepare for the problems. Jesus tells his own, expect trouble We should prepare for the problems. He also tells us here in John 15, we need to embrace him. You want to have peace, no matter what your circumstance and your relationship with Jesus, embrace him. Now, I see some man out there going, I don't care whose son he was, I'm not embracing another man, okay? And I get that, I understand. But really, the embrace thing has more to do with uh, something many of us have, it's intimate issues. How many struggle a little bit with intimacy? We won't get into it. You don't have to raise your hand on this one, okay? Let me ask you this. How many of you are huggers? You, you don't just shake hands, you hug. Some of you, I know, because you've hugged me already today, all right? Some of us come, we're huggers. That doesn't mean we don't have intimacy issues, but it does mean that we're willing to embrace people. Some of you, on the other hand, I, I know you're not a hugger because when someone wraps their arms around you and they could be your own child, it looks like they've hit you with 220 volts. You're just like, yeah, some of us were built with the padding to be really good huggers. Maybe that's why I'm care pastor. I don't know. If you have your Bibles or device, this isn't on the screen, turn to John 15, 5. We're still in the same area. Jesus is still having that same uproom talk with his disciples. When I'm talking about embracing him, what I'm talking about is abiding, connecting. Notice what Jesus said in John fifteen five. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I and you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. nothing. Some you say, well, I've proved that wrong. I got here today. I have a good job. I have a seemingly happy family. I've got a nice car. I live in a zip code I'm happy with. I guess I don't need Jesus. When he says nothing, he's talking about nothing of inter- eternal impact, which is where we're really going to get measured in the end. And what he's saying is you got to be connected to me. And I don't want to take the time because we don't have it. But as you read that, Jesus talks a lot about his connection to the Father. The Father and I are one. And I want us to be one. He even prays that at the end of this great mess, meeting and, and, and talk. He has that great prayer in, in the whole chapter of 17 of the Gospel of John. But, but even here, he talks about how he and his father's love. He's talking about intimacy. We believe one God, three persons. So in the Godhead, we see perfect intimacy displayed. It's what we were created for. It's what got broken in the garden. It's what continues to fester as we reject God as a whole. But it's something that God wants to heal and bring. How do we get that healing for intimacy? Isaiah 53:5. Jesus already paid for the upgrade of the intimacy package in relationship with God. Notice what it says. It says, but he, that's Jesus. This was hundreds of years before it happened. But Jesus in that, in that upper room, what we're reading now was hours before. And he knew it was gonna happen. He says, but he, Jesus, pierced, was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us what? Peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed. You see, like I said, we all come into this world broken in our relationship with God the Father. We're actually spiritual zombies. Zombies? Yeah, the Bible talked about zombies before sci-fi ever started doing Walking Dead and all that. Because it says we are walking around until we have Jesus spiritually dead. We might look like there's something there. People claim to be spiritual, but until they've taken that payment of what Jesus did on the cross, there's no peace with God. There's enmity. And the peace that Isaiah 53, uh, 53, 5 is talking about is a friendship now where we were enemies. It's a reconciliation with God the Father. Jesus paid for that in his own blood. And and by his pain and stripes and wounds. Our relationship with God is healed. Now, I know a lot of people use that verse for physical healing, and I don't want to get into that, and I think that's possible, but the healing, first and foremost, that you better have, you could be cured of cancer, but if you're not healed in your relationship with God, it doesn't matter because someday you're going to face an eternity and you're going to need that relationship healed. So how do you have peace in the world today? Well, first of all, you got to expect some trouble, and most of us had already checked that box. We're expecting it. And you got to prepare for problems if you're expecting trouble. And then secondly, embrace Jesus. Embrace him. And if you're embracing him, that means you got to invite intimacy, not just with God, but with others. You know how you get intimacy with Christ in your experience at a place like Sunrise Church? Get into groups. If you're not gone through Rooted or you've gone through Rooted and you're not in a weekly small group still, then the intimacy thing's only gonna grow so far because it's when you see other people with real problems experience God and you get to be a part of their experience and you'll encourage them and they'll encourage you and you'll find out you had so much more in common because embracing God is not a single embrace. It's a group hug. It's a group hug. And we need, we need each other in embracing because there's gonna be days where you just can't get your arms around him and others will come along and hold you and you'll hold theirs. But if you're not doing life in a group, you're not gonna get that. And then finally, a way to enjoy peace in your own life and expect trouble, embrace Him. And finally, exercise faith, exercise faith. Well, it's a New Year's message. You know I get exercise in there somewhere, right? They say uh, 90% of physical exercise is mental. So I've, I've always got 90% of it covered because I think a lot about exercise. I've thought about triathlons. I've thought about marathons. I've thought about swimming. So, but that doesn't really help me, does it? Unless I do it. Exercising faith. You know, faith is a muscle and it needs to be exercised. And some of you, I look around this room <laughs> and you might not be able to bench 200 pounds, but I've seen some of you power lift cars when it comes to faith. You've seen God heal tragic things that you wouldn't even wish on your enemies and you're here today worshiping him because you keep exercising. Some of you, you're, you're so committed to this, you, this is your second service already. But church isn't the only place to exercise. The challenge is when you're not here, Here's one that if you haven't memorized, Isaiah 26.3. I especially like the English Standard Version. Isaiah 26.3. If if faith is like exercise, and a lot of it starts in your brain, notice what Isaiah 26.3 says. It says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is what? Stayed. It's not a word we usually use, but I like it. What does that mean? Attached, clamped onto, affixed, focused. (laughs) Have you ever seen <laughs> uh, real fans of a of, of football game? Of their team is winning. They're so excited. It wasn't me with the Kansas City Chiefs last Christmas. And you Raider fans, I've got a gift for you. I'm gonna have you stay. I've got four hours more of message just for Raider fans for what you did to my Chiefs last week. But that's another thing. Anyway, whose mind is stayed on you. Isaiah 26.3 says, you keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Why? Because... He trusts in you. Whatever trouble, whatever challenge, whatever terrible call you might get this year, can you keep your mind partially still with God in the back of it? When, when you hear the bad news for your loved one on the doctor's report, when, when your child comes and tells you they're not sure this Jesus thing's gonna work for them, when they start to go through their crisis of faith and you can't be there to control their decisions, and in fact, some of their adult-sized decisions have adult-sized consequences and you'd like to protect them from it and you can't, is your mind gonna be stayed on God? Are you gonna remember he loves them way more than you do? And he heard those prayers, you talked to him about this mess and he'll continue to listen. You see, if you wanna have a world in which you go through life, no matter what year, what time, what season you're in, in which you experience peace, you got to exercise your faith. And you know what exercise of faith really is? We're sort of going back. Started with expect trouble. Well, exercising faith is expecting empowerment. Expect God to be there, no matter what the situation. I'm gonna, gonna real quick close with this. In Luke 18, verse 15 and 17, it says, people were bringing babies to Jesus. Luke 18, 15 through 17. Bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. And when the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, let the little children get out of my sight. Is that what Jesus said? (laughs) I don't like kids and I don't like how they smell. Is that what Jesus said? And no, I said, but Jesus called the children and he said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. See, what do children do? They expect those who are bigger than them, older than them, to empower them to make it through life. They're dependent. They're trusting. That's why God says, well, if you, if you mess with one of them, it'd be better that you have a millstone, a heavy stone, Tied around your neck and and cast in the ocean. Drowning is not a good way to go. But it's better than those who mess with kids. And God holds the kids up as an example. You know, we've already talked about, we're doing something we haven't done before, family conference. Maybe you have some of those small people in your house, children, maybe they're sitting with you now. I highly recommend in 19 days, you be here for the family conference. If you're online, you say, well, I live in Victorville or I'm in Ontario, or Banning, or wherever. All of our campuses that first Friday night is going to host part of the conference. We're gonna have some fun happening. Bring your kids. And you say, well, I don't have kids. Okay, but I noticed you bring, well, I'm their grandparent. (laughs) Then you have kids, you know that? If you're influencing and responsible for kids, the conference is for you and bring the kids, they're free. If they're 17 and younger, once they're 18, there's a small fee. And then that second day, and you already heard Pastor Riley talk about, there's gonna be a pancake bar. And don't let the kids go in front of you. No, let the kids, there'll be plenty, okay? And there's gonna be stuff for them. Why am I giving a commercial? Remember, my wife is in charge of NextGen. But the other reason, the other reason is because when you have kids in your life and you invest in their faith now, and don't be waiting. If you're waiting, don't even wait till they're born. If there's an inkling of a child in the future, start praying for them. Some of you, well, I'm just praying for a future spouse. We'll add the possibility of the kids too, okay? But start praying for two healthy births. Pastor Pagel and Sarah. I mean, Sarah, for a while, it looked like we might see a child come out here right now. But anyway, but she had the baby, little Kalina. I trust she's at home, giving what she needs. Now that's three in the Williams family. And the reality is they were praying for that little one before, two healthy births, one physical and then one spiritual, that they come to know Christ and expect them to do it soon and then expect them to be an example to your faith. But here's the thing, none of this matters at all if you've never made your relationship personal with Jesus. In order to find peace, you gotta get personal. Jesus came to the world for the most part it rejected him. But to those who received him, to those who have made it personal, do you own your faith today? If you were to die today and go through that doorway of death, are you confident of who waits on the other side? I, I got one more scripture. I know I said I was done, but you know, you can't trust me on these things. In, um, in John 14, verses one and two. John 14, one and two. Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, I would, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. How's your faith muscle there? Do you believe that heaven's real? Do you believe that you belong to Jesus and he's preparing a place? A week ago yesterday, I was up here for Pastor Sergio Gonzalez's memorial service. And I saw a man who battled cancer for a good part of a year. And he didn't lose because he kept the faith. And I saw him have courage and I saw his wife, Teresa, and. And their daughter, Elia, and their son, Frankie, and his wife and four kids and their youngest, Naomi, right here worshiping. And that service went in about two and a half hours because it was in English and Spanish. And we raised the roof and Teresa was up there with her hands because her faith is in the, the fact that her husband, Sergio, is more alive now than he's ever been. And we would love to pray, and God could do anything, bring him back. He walked through that door right now, but I don't think Sergio could be talked into coming back. Nor could most of your loved ones who have died in the faith. Once we get there, huh, Jesus is understating what's ahead. And that's what's true and real. How's your faith eyes focusing? Is your mind stayed on God? Are you going to enjoy peace and and do you know where you'll be when you pass? Cuz death is just a doorway. For many, I know the plan is, well, when I get there I'm going to, you know, present my case. I did my best, I went to church, I tried. If you mention your own record before God, you're in trouble. Because his standard is his own perfect and none of us meet it. We all fall short. But here's what I know happened to Sergio. (laughs) He went through the doorway and Jesus was there and he said, this one's mine. Sergio had made it personal a long time before. And he was a changed man. And most of us just knew that man. What about you? Were you one of Jesus' own? If you're not sure, I'm gonna say a prayer right now where you can invite him into your life and be Sure. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you sent your son, that you so loved us. Whoever simply believes and receives him. Lord, we need to turn from doing life on our own, some of us, and and, and receive that gift. And if you're one of those people right now, just just invite Christ in your life. It's a simple thing. Say, dear Jesus, I need you. Come into me. I want to be yours. Be my savior. Be my Lord. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to experience this peace that comes with you. In your name I pray. Amen. If you prayed that for the first time, we would love for you to let us know. You can mark the slip on your, your communication slip. Just mark there, I prayed to receive Christ. Turn it off. In a moment, we're going to have offering come around. Or text next to 909 281 7797. And someone's gonna be responding because that's just the beginning. Now it's time to start growing in that relationship with him. Maybe you came into the room and you knew Christ and you've heard this before. Maybe it's something you've done this last year. Well, what should we need to embrace for this year of peace? Well, expect trouble, but prepare for those problems. And you can't do it alone. So you better have someone that you can reach out to when, when your faith gets shaken. And then be expected to be used to help encourage someone else's faith. And then embrace Him. Embrace Jesus. Invite intimacy with God and others. It's scary, but it's what He intended. And then finally, finally, exercise faith. Expect God to show up and bring His power. Let's talk to Him again about that right now. Heavenly Father. We need you. We do. We need you to deal with the residue of this last year. It left its mark on some of us. We need you, Holy God, to move forward to another year. Lord, we we need you in our relationships. We need you at work. We need you at school. We need you in our home. We need you, Sunrise Church, at all of our locations. Lord, help us to apply this. And, And Lord, help us not to hang up and finish the prayer time now. Help us to stay to the end and even come forward and let someone pray with us. Give us that courage. And Lord, as we give of our tithes and offerings right now, we pray that you would multiply these gifts, expand your kingdom, help us to be wise with these so that we might see even more at the end of this year. Come to know you, have life change and become part of this family. We ask in Jesus' precious name, And all God's people said, amen.
0: Thanks again for listening to this podcast. I want to encourage you to not just stop here. Maybe you sense God is speaking to you today and wanting you to take that next step. So here's two ways you can do just that. The first is text the word next to the number 909-281-7797. That's 909-281-7797. You'll receive a message back with some ways to help you grow. That may mean joining a small group or finding a place to serve or just talking with someone one-to-one about your faith. You can also visit the notes for this podcast and follow the links provided. And if you're within driving distance of one of our four physical locations in Banning, Ontario, Rialto, or Victorville, we'd love for you to stop by some time and give us a chance to meet you personally. Again, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope to see you soon. God bless.